Welcome, Wildcats, to a special bonus summer edition of Weber State Weekly. I'm your host, Sean Lewis, joining us today on the special name, image, and likeness and broadcast topic uh, uh, conversation is Dustin Chapman. Hello, Dustin. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. It's I miss it. Glad to, glad to be here in the summer. And the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. John King. What's up, uh, Sean? How are we doing this evening? Doing great. We are so happy and excited to be welcoming in uh, Mr. Matt Brown from the Extra Points newsletter. If you're not a subscriber, um, you're missing out uh, on on his newsletter that comes out uh, twice a week for free, four times a week if you're a paid subscriber, as all Wildcat fans should be. Uh, Matt has had a recent newsletter talking about national letter of or not national. I keep screwing this up about name image likeness changes uh, as we're now into the month of July. Um, the NCAA has been forced by some state legislation um, in various states around the country to allow um, athletes to sell their name image and likeness and we're starting to see some of the ripple effects of that as some athletes are taking deals including some deals with mr matt brown so matt do you want to give us just kind of the the uh summary of what the change was that happened on july 1st i I would be happy to so july 1st enough states had passed laws saying like listen um we're going to do this whether the ncaa wants it or not because we're going to pass a law that says the ncaa can't hurt schools if they uh or can't hurt students in these states if they decide to monetize their name image and likeness ncaa finally came out with a, a national uh, passage that says look if you are in a state that has one of these rules follow the state law if you're not in one of those states schools can craft their own policies to allow athletes to take advantage, which is relevant where you guys are out in Utah, because Utah is one of the the few states that didn't even really try to pass a state law. So that means uh, across the country, divisions one, two, and three, um, athletes can now enter into uh, various commercial endeavors, whether that is selling uh, an ad or some sponsorships on their social media, whether that's going to an appear, uh, you know, charging a company for an appearance at an event, selling autographs, running a skills camp. There's lots of different ways that athletes could potentially do it. And we're already now seeing a couple of days into it. Um, what kinds of deals are out there? And it's, it's, it's more than just a big time football player at a big time institution. So uh, with, with this change, um, can you kind of describe what the major difference is between uh, the state's, that have laws, the NCAA national letter, and maybe a state like Utah, where Weber State is, that doesn't have a law. Is there a huge difference between the, the standards? There's, there's not. There's not huge differences. There, there are a, a couple of, of, of small ones that were going to matter, I think, on the first a few edge cases, right? So one of the big differences between various states is what happens when an athlete wants to secure a deal that runs in conflict with an existing university sponsor. In some states, the law says an athlete can't do that, period. Some states say the athlete can do that, but only when it's not on official school grounds or an official activity. So the, the, the common example is if an athlete at a Nike school wants to sign a shoe deal with Adidas in Ohio, where I grew up, it's not going to be allowed. In Missouri, it's allowed, but they can't wear Adidas shoes during the game. They can only promote something on their Instagram on their own personal time that has nothing to do with it. In a state like Indiana, Wisconsin, or Utah, which never uh, never even proposed a state-level rule, the various institutions can set their own policies. So Weber could theoretically make the rules that are a little bit 
different from Utah, from a little bit different from uh, from Dixon, Utah Tech, right? Uh, from different from a couple <laughs> of other schools. The the differences generally aren't vast, especially because like for a smaller school like Webert, there really aren't that many official university sponsorships anyway. And sure. I'm guessing only two of those contracts have any kind of exclusivity requirements. But um, at an Ohio State or maybe some some very high profile P5 athletes, those minor details uh, could be significant. And we're also seeing some of these um, uh, rules differ from school to school. Like we saw a private religious institution in the state of Utah that uh, said you can't you can't uh, have anything that violates the honor code, which we've also seen some other schools that are not private, private religious institutions have similar. I think Boise State came out with there saying you can't have tobacco or alcohol or any any nefarious things like that. So this is quite the minefield for some of the compliance people um, and the athletes that they're going to have to to wade through. It's not just as easy as going out and saying, "Here's my my image," and and you sell it, right? Yeah, no. It, it's funny you mentioned this because, like, right before I came on here, I was literally finishing up a newsletter about this exact topic. And you know, forgive me, I'm I'm, I'm not mentioning this example to be crude, but like uh, one of the really challenging ones for a compliance official right now is with OnlyFans, right? That's a really big social network where you can theoretically create and monetize all different kinds of content. And lots of people do. Most of that content is porn, right? And so a lot of state laws will explicitly say, hey, college athletes, don't do a biz, don't get in the business with an adult entertainment company. But is an adult, is a company, an adult entertainment company, if they don't actually produce any of the content, if it's just a place where lots of other people go to buy it. And if that's the case, well, I mean, what about a hotel? Like, because a hotel sells more porn than, than almost anywhere else in the, in the a hotel chain does. So defining what actually constitutes an adult entertainment company or a gambling company for that matter, or some of these other industries can be a little bit more complicated. Uh, and so if you know a compliance official in your life, uh, I would give them a hug because I think they've had a very challenging uh, last 10 days. And I expect July is going to be a little bit harder for them too. Like, I don't expect that exact question to come up a lot in Utah, but I can think of some other companies that are maybe a little bit more mainstream that could still create some kind of compliance related headaches. Well, and with, with gambling laws loosening up around the country, I mean, that, that just seems like it has... <laughs> potential for some hairy situations, a lot of places. Sure. Um, I mean, Colorado here and not too far from our neck of the woods is an athletic department that literally already has a deal with a sports book. I would imagine the PAC 12 and many individual PAC 12 institutions will do the same over the next two or three years. So then it becomes a little bit more challenging if you're going to say as an institution, Hey, this industry is sinful and scary. Don't be a part of it, but it's okay for us. Like for adult entertainment or tobacco, like that's one thing, because it's not like it's not like Oregon State signing a deal with one of those companies themselves. But with gambling, they might. Um, and that's going to, I think, be a compliance challenge because that's that sounds like something where an athlete could potentially sue. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the first athlete to sign up with a CBD oil uh, place. Oh, where, you know, where that's, all, that's, all, that's already happened. Yep. Yeah, there's there's been I, I mean, I, I know this because um, multiple athletes that have reached out to me. And to inquire about working with me, I can check their profile and a couple of them already signed deals with CBD companies like that. that that's been a, a, a industry that has been aggressive in the first week. Interesting. So, so Matt, it sounds like from what, just from what I'm hearing here, there's definitely going to be a filter down effect. This is not going yeah. to be, you know, this is not going to be Trevor Lawrence 
driving a Lexus type of thing. This is, you know, sponsored by, by Lexus or Nike. It sounds like this is going to go down to the big sky level and even to the level of Weber state. I think that is unquestionably true. I, I think that some athletes at every single division one institution, and honestly, some division two and division three institutions, if they want to, will be able to get some level of sponsorships through name, image, and likeness. What I think it's important for people to realize is that there's a couple of different ways you can make money in this space, right? So one of them is through monetizing your social channels. And then what's important is not so much how good you are at sports, but how good you are at social media. Now, granted, you could be terrible at Instagram. And if you're the quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes, you're going to have a gigantic Instagram page on account of you being on ESPN every single day. But you can be good at Instagram independent of being a really good athlete. And you could be a backup softball player at Weber and be good at TikTok or be good at Instagram and have uh, tens and maybe hundreds of thousands of followers and make a lot of money that way. I think as an illustrative example, perhaps the single biggest deal that was signed on July 1st, where they brought the athletes literally to Times Square and they had a, they had a takeover in, in, right in New York City. It wasn't anybody for Ohio State or Alabama or Oklahoma. There were two women's basketball players at Fresno State. You can potentially, if, if, if social media influencing is how you want to make your money, you can do that literally anywhere. Um, there are going to be other kinds of monetization pathways that are going to be, I think, more limited to people who are higher profile athletes. But do I think athletes at big sky institutions could get these deals? Yes. In fact, there's a chance I might sign one. Um, it, it's, it's a thing across all of Division I. Well, we've seen a couple of Weber State athletes already take that. Uh, uh, there was one, I, I forget which, who signed with an underwear company that has signed several athletes. Um, I, I think it was yes. one of our football players that, that has done that. Um, I, and I forget, I apologize to whoever that was because I've been internet deficient over the last week while I was on vacation. So I, I couldn't, really, then I saw a D3 player that was standing on a tennis court. Apparently it's pretty funny. I, I didn't get to see the video, but he basically put his Venmo out on his social platform and said, here, I'm, I'm here for you. Uh, seeing people go on cameo um, that platform yeah. to, to do things. So Jay, uh, John Jay, King, Jay you had a question. Friend was the was the tennis player of uh, very funny? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Um, yeah, Matt. So you know, w- one question that you know I've I've been wondering about for like the last you know couple of weeks as we've kind of gotten into this is that I mean, obviously you have these, you know, some you know some states that are following state law, other other you know universities are just following university policy um, at this time for the you know states for the schools that are having to follow state law right now. Have you heard of any like of like what the penalties will be for violation of the state law in certain you know cases like that in any of the states? Because from what I have seen, um, mo- it doesn't seem like many of the laws have actually put out like what the actual consequences would be for going against the state law right now. It's a good question, right? It, it, it's not like it's going to be a felony. I, I, no one's going yeah, no to gonna go all, to jail. No, there's no one's going to jail for, for, for college football crimes. Um, what my understanding more is like the, the penalties on the side of the institution, right? If, if you, if uh, in Florida, for example, in one of the first states to pass one of these rules, if it come, ter- comes out that say Florida Atlantic was punishing an athlete for signing an agent, or trying to limit an athlete's name, image, and likeness opportunities. Well, then that student could then sue uh, and 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 seek redirect, you know um, you know uh, benefits based on the school breaking that law. Right? There might be civil penalties for the institution. Uh, I I, w- I do not look at students being at at risk here. 
uh, like legally uh, for for these deals that they put out. Now, a, a student may be at risk for other things such as uh, you know tax liability since you know they're getting income and they're going to have to report that, and they're going to be signing contracts, and they could be exposed to various civil legal actions. But I don't think anyone's going to jail over this. So, Matt, the Possibly the most important question in all of this, I know in your mind and in my mind too, and in John King's mind, because I know he's a, a big video game guy, does this get us closer to EA Sports launching or relaunching the college football video game brand? Exact no. question I was going to ask. And no. Well, you're in, you're in luck because I have done a lot of reporting on this. Um, so the... the the, the truth is this news really doesn't change things very much. Uh, and that's because EA was, has been telling all of these schools. And I actually have a story on this for extra points uh, that they're planning on releasing the game in the summer of 2023, whether they can use player likenesses or not. And if they can't use likenesses, well, then they're going to, you know, they're going to have QB number seven and we're going to, uh, you know, randomize things. So the, the, the players don't look like the real life video games and they're going to turn off roster customization. So we can't just then go on the Internet and, and recreate the rosters. But EA has also told everybody in that initial proposal that I've published that once they have the ability to pay athletes, pay the athletes to be able to participate in the game, they're going to do it like that would be their preference. So it is true that after July 1st, um, EA can potentially pay athletes to do this. But the issue is never about an individual name, image and likeness uh, right here. The problem with the video game is that EA Sports need to, needs to secure a group license. There's over 10,000 college football players, um, and it is going to be a huge logistical undertaking to individually sign up and negotiate with each one and try to negotiate a different rate with each one. Nobody else does that. All of the pro, all the pro uh, leagues for their games, they strike up a deal with the union. You have one entity that does the negotiations, and then they, they split out the payments. You don't have a college athlete union. And legally speaking, we really can't create one, but there are still other mechanisms for a group license. There's actually a company called One Team Partners that's working with Open Doors, which is, I think, the largest marketplace right now for name, image, and likeness deals to try to create one. So I would expect this game's going to come back summer of 2023. It's going to take that long for a lot of technical reasons, independent of all this stuff. I would be shocked if athletes are not in that game. Whether Open Doors manages to figure it out or when the federal government writes their own name, image like this bill later this fall, I would imagine they're going to like create a mechanism for a group license. So I, I do expect that to happen, just not because of anything that happened last week. And, you know, just, you know, just because you've done reporting on this, Matt, you know, one thing I saw, you know, circulating the Twitter sphere, um, I think it was two days ago, is that. EA Sports is making some big announcement on July 20th yeah. um, at, at, at EA Play this month. Um, do you think that that has anything to do with what is look that what they're looking forward to ahead with the college football video game? Um, I had some. I had my best EA source tell me it has nothing to do with the college football video game. And EA likes to structure these things in a way so people will continue to recklessly speculate. Um, he wouldn't tell me exactly what it was about. My best guess is that this is something related to their basketball franchises or fight night, which, uh, hasn't been produced in a couple of years, but I mean, EA last week, I think put out a statement saying, Hey, great. We're, we're, we're happy to see this change. We're going to pursue student licenses as soon as we have a good mechanism to do that. Um, 
I would be pretty surprised if there's anything that comes out this month. They are still a long way away from this game being ready and from them having anything to really show anybody about this game. Well, I don't know about anybody else, but I, I am not what you would call a gamer, but the EA Sports NCAA Football 2023 is the one title that would make me go out and spend $500 on a PlayStation or an Xbox. <laughs> and I hope they bring it out yeah. on Switch because we already have that for the kids. I, I still, I have a, I bought, I bought an Xbox 360 at a yard sale and found the the last edition they released was a 1415. I, I have yeah. that sitting in my basement for whenever there's a hankering to, to have yeah, Weaver State win fantastic. national title after national title. <laughs> and I've already, pre, I've already preemptively taken the next two days off of work whenever that day comes in 2023, <laughs> because I won't be going in that day. Nope. All right, and fellas. Yeah, this is the benefit of being self-employed. Is there going to be a newsletter the day of that? Connect? No, I'm not going to publish it <laughs> that comes out. So moving on from uh, name, image, and likeness, the other uh, big piece of news that hit the Big Sky Conference and that affects Weber State dramatically this summer was the announcement from the Big Sky Conference that they are leaving Pluto TV in favor of ESPN+. Plus. Now, the the there's lots of uh, weeping, wailing, of teeth over Pluto over the years, the the streaming quality and and stuff like that. Um, do we think that fans are going to transition to ESPN Plus? Many fans already have it; they're already paying the five ninety nine, or they're part of the Disney Plus bundle. They're they're getting that in there. Um, Matt, from from a Weber State perspective, what do you think the uh, the the pros and cons of this move from Pluto TV to ESPN Plus brings to Weber State and the Big Sky? Sure. I mean, I I, w- I was fortunate. I was actually out in Utah two weeks ago and had a chance to swing by big sky headquarters and talk to a couple of their staffers about this deal right after it was announced, uh, wrote, wrote a newsletter for it there on extra points. I think the biggest con is pretty obvious, right? You were able to watch a lot of Weber stuff for free before, um, Pluto didn't cost anything. ESPN plus does cost something. Um, and not every single person has ESPN plus I'm guessing the overlap if I can, if I can indulge in a reckless stereotype here for a moment, my guess is that there's a pretty healthy overlap between Weber State fans and people that have to buy Disney Plus um, because they have small children at home, right? I'm it in that same boat. See, this, this is this is what I thought. This is what people, you know, people in the office joked about, right? I would pay thirty bucks a month for Disney Plus because I don't have a choice. I have a I have a six out of three year old, right? So I I think that's not a major uh, minus because I suspect a lot of Big Sky fans and particularly Weaver fans are either planning on adopting the service or are already have the service. But if you didn't, and cost is the most important thing. There's no two ways around it. More of your stuff's going behind a paywall, and some people are going to complain about it. Well, I think I, yeah. some people are going to complain about that, but to me, and, I, and I'm sorry for interrupting you, Matt, but to me, there, there's a difference between the education. Nobody in their world knows what Pluto TV is or how to get it. And, and yeah. I, I, I can tell you so many times, how many times I had to educate people how to get Pluto TV so they could watch a Weber state basketball. So even though it was free and it was available to, available to everybody, you could have been on planet Neptune to be on Pluto TV, right? Folks, that was a good one. Um, so that kind of ties into what the league thinks the big positives are, right? I, I think you can put these into, into, into two big buckets, or actually three big buckets, right? One of them is cold, hard cash. Um, with Pluto, the Weber and other big sky institutions weren't getting a traditional rights fee. They were getting a chunk of the advertising revenue each quarter. 
Now, I was told that that advertising revenue went up every single quarter over the duration of the deal, but it was difficult for schools to completely plan and project for that revenue because they never knew exactly how much it was going to be. And when you're at Weber's level, you, you want the money, but you want the predictability and you want the ability to budget forecast almost as much. With, with moving to the, the ESPN, not only are you getting a significant rights fee increase, but you know exactly what that rights fee is going to look like, or at least know what the floor is of that rights fee for the next four years. Um, that's, a, that's a big plus. It, the, the, it wasn't the high bid. If I was to, to put use my thinking cap here, I'm pretty sure Flow Sports uh, offered a bid, and I'm pretty sure what they offered significantly more money. But um, for the other reasons here, I think I think the Big Sky was pretty clear, like, this is the best deal and the money is going to be part of that. The other thing that you mentioned is it's not, it's going to be easy to find. You're going to have lots of visibility. Um, one pretty cool thing about this TV deal for the big sky from the football side is you are now the only FCS league outside of HPCUs that is guaranteed a linear cable uh, regular season football game. And you're also going to get your basketball tournaments on linear cable, which means that, you're gonna, there may be a Weber State regular season game on ESPNU. That's a big deal. The FCS games don't are, during the regular season aren't on there very often. I'm, I'm guessing one of them is going to be a Montana game um, or a Montana State game, but but one of the other ones might include you. What, what, big speculation is the Brawl of the Wild gets gets one of those spots every year. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be every year, but like that's, I mean, that's that's a game that you want to showcase, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's obviously a, bit, a big deal. So that's that, that's yeah. That leads us to a question that our illustrious host, uh, who's not with us tonight, had about Root Sports. Root Sports is a, a regional television network. Uh, jazz fans know about it. Uh, AT&T Sportsnet and Root used to be one and the same. There's, there's different ownership things. We won't get into that tonight. How does the ESPN Plus deal affect the Root Sports and where some of the fans in the big sky have traditionally gotten their their TV? Or for and I want I want to expand this for him the NAU TV deals or the uh, uh, is Montana. it Sky Sports that, SWX. that does some of the regional yeah uh, SWX SWX yeah so as I understand it Root is still contracted for one more season and then that's going to expire and and the reason for that isn't that the Big Sky wasn't satisfied with Root it's that in the last year. Root Sports has also become the official television broadcaster for the Seattle Kraken, the new NHL team that's starting. And they got TV rights for the Portland Trailblazers, which means that suddenly they don't have as much TV window flexibility, uh, particularly in the fall from weekends than they did before. So it's going to be harder to actually squeeze all of their FCS offerings in. That makes it a little bit easier to slide things in. Um, when I was talking to one of the consultants that helped broker this deal, my understanding is that there's going to be some carve outs uh, for local net, uh, local programming in um, that region to be on linear television. So by that, I mean, it's because like Montana, Montana State had a relatively lucrative regional like local television deal. As I understand it, the league is planning on accommodating that so they can keep that carve out. And if you're in Bozeman, you can still watch Montana football on whatever, you know, WMON, whatever. And, but if you're somewhere else in the state or in Wyoming or wherever, and you want to watch, then you have to go to ESPN plus. So that would, yeah, oh. that, that would apply to K jazz for, for those of us on, on Weber state's level. Uh, we have K jazz. I think the school actually, pays to produce those. I don't think we're getting a, a deal for that, but, yeah. but we would still be able to see games on KJS, which I think for a lot of Utah fans is a, 
is a benefit um, because we're the only local school that is on local over the air TV through that deal. Yeah, I, I can't confirm specifically about that exact arrangement, but the local, the broadly trying to what, what, what the big sky schools really wanted to make sure that they did is they weren't going to lose their own revenue. So if Weber is like paying to produce something on KJAZZ, I don't know if that's something that they're willing to give up or not. I have to look at the contract. But like this was also an issue with the Colonial, the CAA, another big FCS power conference there with Flow Sports. Uh, which is much more expensive than ESPN plus for all of their games. And in order for the, that, their schools to vote on that, they had to offer local carve out. So if you're down the street from James Madison, you can still watch James Madison on regular over the air television. I have to pay 20 bucks to watch James Madison, which means I'm not watching James Madison, but other people within <laughs> within the footprint are willing to pay for that. I would imagine you're going to see that real quick. The last thing I wanted to mention, I think that's a positive about this. Is the quality of the actual production. So I was told that most big sky institutions are not going to take that check from their revenue rights and spend it on volleyball. A lot of them are going to use it, at least at first, to upgrade their own internal broadcast capabilities. I think you guys have probably seen some broadcasts at Idaho State or maybe some of the, or maybe Northern Colorado that um, Maybe look. Wasn't like going to name names of schools. Uh, sure, I'll do it. Um, they look like high school productions, right? It's it's one camera and it's it's a bad experience, and it's just because they didn't have the money and Root Sports wasn't going to pay for that, right? So now everybody can go get multi cameras. They can go get um, production and editorial talent that isn't just undergraduates. Um, the, the conference really wants to be able to use ESPN Plus to to, to flesh out uh, what they call shoulder programming. So a pregame and a postgame show or more analysis um, to make individual games seem more like an event rather than just like you turn on and it's like and, and there's there's national commercials and, and, and then the game. Um, that's going to take a little bit of time, especially because like we are just coming out of a global pandemic and some of these schools are not especially resourced. But that is something that I think it is reasonable to look forward to by year two or three of this deal. The games you watch on TV should look better than they did two or three years ago, assuming everybody spent their money correctly. I think we can all say hallelujah to that, Chappie. Oh, gosh. Well, so we won't have the Idaho State play-by-play guy telling us that he had eye surgery the day before and really didn't know why he was even calling the game in the middle of the game. That, so I'm hoping that that may, may not happen. <laughs> all right, so a couple An all-time things. moment, though. Yeah, it was, it was an all-time we all, moment. We all remember that one. It's a memory. It's a memory we all have. (laughs) may not be good, but it's a memory. So Matt, um, three quick points here. One, flow sports would have been an absolute disaster. Every fan base that I've ever heard that has had anything to do with flow sports has just been like, thought it was terrible. Um, Two, I I actually think this helps the big sky. One in the production, I'm, I'll be upfront with you. I am happy to pay for something. If it increases production value, the big sky games need to feel like actual games. And I'm happy about that, but I think it increases exposure with a lot of the guys, the fans and the schools from other leagues. You know, I expect to see, the Valley people tune in more to big sky games because they're also on ESPN plus. Right. And, and some of the other conferences that have those deals, I think it increases the exposure of the league to that fan, to those fan bases. The one place I think it potentially hurts is probably just the parents of, of, of athletes, you know, the, the, that were getting something for free and were able to watch their, their, their child play, play soccer, volleyball, whatever you name it um, for free on Pluto, but now they have to pay and, you're right. A lot of them probably are, but there's going to be some that aren't. 
You know, I, if I was a suit at ESPN, one thing I might consider doing now that it is legal to do so would be to maybe set up some kind of broad-based sponsorship deal for all big sky athletes where they might give them uh, an affiliate uh, arrangement to allow them to promote ESPN plus subscriptions and just so happen to give every big sky family one complimentary six month subscription to test out the service to alleviate that problem. That might be something theoretically that could happen. I've got to think though, that for most parents, the the five ninety nine is not going to be a sticking point. It's ESPN. Every game is going to be there. Um, you put in Weber state as one of your favorite teams. It'll pop up to the top of your list on the show. ESPN plus is a great, great streaming service um, that uh, they, they got in early Disney owns the old uh, MLB advanced media um, that uh, is the backbone of all these streaming services. Um, the it, it, ESPN plus does it right. I, for one, as a fan, I'm very, very happy that, that we've moved on to this. John King, did you have any other questions for Matt about the TV? Deal? Yeah. I wanted to, I- I wanted to, I wanted to ask this about the TV deal because um, it seems like um, you know a lot. I mean, we know with Pluto that all these schools they were producing their own content for the most part, and like you know, using utilizing different aspects. But um, uh, with the ESPN Plus deal, what can you tell us about like the kind of talent that would come from a broadcasting perspective? Is that still going to be something that's relied upon by the universities, or is that going to be something that you know there is actually going to be ESPN play by play people that are going to be responsible for coming out to all these games? There's, they're definitely not going to send ESPN play-by-play people to all of the games. Um, ESPN doesn't even do that for all of the games they have for linear right now. Unfortunately, they're, 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 they're looking to cut costs. By and large, the universities are still going to be responsible for broadcasting and operating everything. They're going to have some technical uh, assistance from Bristol and, 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 and figure out what's the best camera to buy or someone to help train them on some of that equipment. But the schools are going to still own it um, and, and will be by and large still be operating everything. And that's true for everybody that's on ESPN Plus, including, I believe, the American and, and even some Big 12 institutions that, that broadcast games on there. Uh, if, if, ES, if your game's on ESPNU, I think it is possible that you'll get, you know, uh, some ESPN play by play. But the, the most talent you're going to sit, the, you're going to see here is going to be on the sales, marketing and technical operations side, helping to improve the capacity of the local schools, which I think we'll, you will see some benefits from the last thing for me. I think this, the biggest benefit to this is probably to all of the other conference schools that are not Montana and Montana state. And the reason I say that most of their games are either broadcast on route, always end up on the, the root game of the week or SWX was producing it locally or regionally. Right. Um, so I don't, to me, I don't think the Montana, Montana state fans are going to see such a huge difference when you tune into a game from the Valley right now, you usually get like the mid co feed or whatever the regional sports network is there that they're, they're getting. And it's that it's their feed. Um, I think it affects everybody else, you know, for the, for the ones that, for the schools that aren't John, like you were saying, um, they're not going to send ESPN talent, but hopefully it ups the level of production for all the schools where it's not necessarily on locally, specifically talking about places like not in the past, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, Idaho state, the the places where there's not necessarily a a big, a local TV deal in place. I I think, I think that's probably right. Where you're going to see the the biggest changes are going to be with the schools that have the least amount of money, the least amount of operational expertise, the, the least amount of, of uh, 
marketing and sales and operational talent. And now you're going to be linked up with a company that at scale does it better, does this, these sports better than anybody else. If, if you're at Montana, are you going to see a gigantic difference? Probably not in the first year or two. Uh, but if you are a fan or you're regularly watching some of the more impoverished members of this league, I think it's going to be a net positive. One thing we already know from the Weber State perspective is our boy AC will still be on the call for uh, defending Big Sky Champion Women's Volleyball. Um, Matt Brown, thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us tonight uh, away from your family. We appreciate you. Uh, for those that are interested, Matt Brown, uh, extrapointsmb.com. Uh, for the newsletter. Is that correct? That is correct. Extrapointsmb.com. You can uh, get uh, two newsletters and a podcast every week for free. And then if you want to help support this entire operation, help pay for some of my FOIA fees and my Diet Coke, uh, you can subscribe and get four newsletters, including uh, some deep archives. That, that should include uh, the interview that I had there with Big Sky Conference officials digging in uh, to the, the weeds of this television deal. You can get that for just eight bucks a month. Uh, or 75 bucks for the entire year at extrapointsmb.com. And uh, if I could give you just one extra plug, one of the best parts of Matt Brown's website is his Freedom of Information Act or FOIA directory, where you can find uh, sources for contracts, for uh, anything you want to know about the business of college sports. He's got the contracts uh, there, including some from our beloved Weber State. Again, Matt Brown, thank you so much for, for joining us tonight. Uh, we will end the show as we always do. Uh, by giving a shout, uh, Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go Wildcats. Oh!